Live from beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics featured occasional injections of room and innuendo all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Republican and former United States Marine Corps veteran Anthony Anderson. Mazzy Boyd of Missouri, a Trump supporter who's running for public office. Hank Scheinkoff, veteran political strategist who joins us from New York, and Marty Garrity, veteran Republican and former uh, retired real estate executive. They join us tonight. Our phone lines open 1-800-723-8289, 1-800-723-8289. We will spend the first portion of the program talking about what's happened with, with Russia and Ukraine. But again, our bigger, broader discussion this evening is going to be about the future of the Republican Party, not exclusively about who's going to be the candidate in 2024, although that will be one of the subjects that we talk about. But I really want to find out, you know, there are, there, there's two sides to the Republican Party. And, and uh, you know, for the last several years, uh, you know, the dominant side has been Donald Trump and sort of, a, I would say, the, the throw the rascals out group. And uh, yet uh, some of the rascals still are standing by, hanging around, trying to, you know, further throw mud on, on Donald Trump and uh, try to get back in the control of the party. But uh, Donald Trump is uh, he has endorsed over 118 candidates thus far who are involved in primaries all over the United States. So uh, that will be one thing we will watch uh, for the rest of the year. But again, it'll be part of what we discuss this evening. But I, I'd like to hear from you. What kind of a Republican party do you want? 1-800-723-8289. But we begin by talking about uh, what's happening in uh, Russia and, the, and Ukraine. And uh, I want to begin with uh, uh, with you, Artie Garrity. You're, you're a senior guy here tonight, uh, next to me, of course. Uh, but my question to you is, uh, when you look at what Joe Biden has done on this issue, hasn't he been doing a pretty good job? I think that, he, that if, if, if it turns out that he's not, that we don't have a war there, that, that there's no invasion, I think that he will get a lot of the credit, but he should get a lot of the blame for the fact that the reason we're there and that we're in this fix is his weakness on Afghanistan and his basically his surrender on Afghanistan. Okay, I'm going to get the reaction from uh, Anthony Anderson. Anthony, uh, you wore the uniform of the country as a U.S. Marine. What's your reaction to, again, just the specific question about the current leadership and what President Biden is doing? Uh, could he be doing anything better at the moment? Well, I, the one thing that, that, that bothers me the most is the fact that the president has announced, had announced on Wednesday that there would be an invasion um, by, by Russia into the Ukraine. That hasn't happened. The, uh, the administration has also uh, had a laser focus on so-called false flag events. Those events haven't matured also. That doesn't mean... You don't think the incident involving the kindergarten was a false flag operation? Not at all. If, 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 now I'm not saying that Russia will not and cannot invade Ukraine, but there are some opportunities there that the president had an opportunity to say, okay, this is what's going on in Ukraine, and this is what will happen. But twice now, there's been two blunders just this week alone in regards to uh, you know what Russia will and won't do. What and, should and he have done? 
Well, the, the thing about it is, is if if a war is imminent, and it and it probably is, make no mistake about it. No country amasses over a hundred thousand troops at another country's border just to you know play war games. We know that with with Belarus, and so with that being stated, you know it, it's to me it's sort of I don't know it sort of undermines the the whole uh, legitimacy of, of the process uh, in that in that arena. What specifically is America's interest in that particular region to where we would send 6,000 plus troops into that area? Well, you know, you, you, you have to understand that, uh, remember, that Ukraine is, is, the, uh, is a, a place where there's an enormous amount of, of minerals, uh, what they call rare earth minerals. It's like second or third in the world. For the number of those things, and, and so just, was Afghanistan. Well, right, and, but and, that's and, not. Is it, do you think that's the reason why we're involved here? Is there is there no bigger, broader issue? As oh. the president has said, you know that you know we stand for democracy. We right. you know, we we don't want uh, a nation, any nation, moving into another nation and basically challenging its sovereignty. I mean, those are issues that the American people can understand. But you don't think those are the real reasons oh, here? Oh, no, no. I think that is one of the real reasons. One. That we basically rec- rec- understand that no country should ever invade another country that's not threatening it. And, and the idea that Ukraine is threatening Russia is, is ludicrous. Does it make any difference what Anthony has just said is the president said that, that they were going to, you know, uh, you know, attack two days ago and it hasn't happened, that, that he's, he's, re- he's coming up with timetables that seem to have uh, come and gone? Does that I, make any difference? I think, it's, I think it's, it's rather smart of him to say that, in fact. Why? Because, because I think that that tells the Russians, we know what, what communications are going on in your house. And and we we are following what you're doing, and we know what's going on, and you're not saying. Answer. There's also, Amer- but we let's not lose focus that there's an American base in Poland in the region, right? And which is about 800 miles away from from Moscow, and about 100 miles away from the uh, the border of, of Russia. So if if there was in fact, uh, you know, this whole so-called, hey, you guys are going to invade a country that we think should be uh, a part of NATO or not part of NATO, then I mean it falls sort of short because there is a base. Remember. What if we had a base in Mexico that was 800 miles away? From, or, or what if we had a base that was 800 miles away from uh, Washington, D.C.? How would you feel then? Well, 800 miles away is 800 miles. It's, absolutely. It's, 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 not, absolutely. it's not threatening. It, it is, it's not it's threatening to have your enemy 800 miles away from your we've, home? We've got our enemy 93 miles away from, from our home without in, in, in Cuba. Without missiles. Without though. missiles. Without missiles, yeah. But, yep. but there's, I, I don't know that there are any missiles in in Poland aimed at, at the Soviet Union. No, it's, it's purely a defensive posture. That, well, that, that, that's right. a defensive posture. But, but again, they're 800 miles away from Moscow and 100 miles away from the Russian border. I asked this last week. I'll ask it again. Why is it that President Biden seems to be more upset about this, more, uh, I don't want to say fear-mongering, but certainly an alarmist? Why isn't the president of uh, Ukraine apparently as concerned about it? Well, I don't know that he's not concerned, but he certainly under he well, under, wants certainly us under, to tamp it down, doesn't he? Right, he wants right. He he wants to to uh, not have his economy go in the tank because of the uh, 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 war war the threat of war. But and, just this this week alone, Marty, uh, the, the the president had stated that they they're losing about two billion dollars a month 
with the threats coming from news media in, in the United States, the Wall Street Journal, uh, they named name Wall Street Journal, MSNBC, and CNN. They said because of the, this, this, the media in this country flaming the, the, the flames here, they're, they're losing money just on that alone. Right. And, and, and they haven't even started, the Russian haven't even started invading yet. So, I mean, so tamp we, down some we, of the rhetoric. So we, the American media and the world media, seems to be making the case for Vladimir Putin Hey, you know, war may be on the way. I mean, they're 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 cranking it up like they've cranked it up for COVID, and you name the subject. We've got a pause. One eight hundred seven two three eighty two eighty nine. If you want to weigh in on this, go ahead and do so. But when we come back, we're going to begin our discussion about the future of the Republican Party, and uh, it really will deal with, I think, the issue we're talking about right now. Next. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. 
Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back uh, in this uh, discussion and debate that's going on uh, uh, in Washington uh, involving Russia and Ukraine. Uh, the Republican Party doesn't seem to be criticizing. I mean, there are examples of people who are criticizing, as you did, Marty, saying that, you know, mistakes in the past embolden uh, Russia. But insofar as the handling of what's going on right now with the Secretary of State and the Secretary of Defense and uh, and the President, there's not a lot of Republicans out there sniping at him. Isn't, is that good or bad in a time of potential war? Well, I think it's, I think it's good if, if it... If our country does not appear to be um, divided, but we we have to remember that eventually, the the blame for the for this mess that that, that we're in is uh, it lies at, at Biden's feet. He's the one who surrendered in in Why Afghanistan. not Putin's feet? Why 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 are you uh, taking him off the hook? Because we're never going to be asked to vote for Biden or for Putin. But we are going to be asked for Bi- to vote for Biden or, or somebody who supports well, people him. will be able to make their decision based on what they think uh, he did, you know, insofar as Afghanistan. Is, and certainly I've right. been very criti- critical of that. But also to put it in context, I mean, uh, what what more could he be doing now uh, insofar as, uh, uh, you know, either th- throwing more sanctions uh, I'd like to know about what what the sanctions are. I mean, if people use the term sanctions. I'd like to know what kind of sanctions there are. Well, I agree with you on that, and I, I especially think he should probably in, in institute those sanctions right away, right now, as people have suggested that he do, because even he's they're saying, well, you, once you in, instigate, once you set up those sanctions, uh, you you don't have the option. To, uh, to back off. You lose your leverage. You lose your leverage. Do you think you lose wrong. your leverage, Anthony? Not at all. No. I, I'm, not, I'm not in favor of uh, you know, placing sanctions on anyone prior to an event actually taking place. That's, to me personally, that's just we're getting ahead of the game is what I, what I would like to say. Uh, insofar as the, the Republicans are not making any noise in this whole arena, uh, I think they're, they're being, uh, specifically, they're being more tactical in their approach as it relates to this whole process playing out. You see, they're looking at, as always, uh, elections. And come election in November, they're looking at, you know, getting some seats in the House. And so, you know, if this is a Democrat president who may or may not be on the ropes as relates to, you know, uh, skirmishes out in in Europe, uh, this is his administration. This is going to be his decision. And as always, it's going to look like in the background, like we support our president, even though they may not support this guy on anything he's doing right now in the Ukraine, in that Ukraine but in arena. The, but in the past, when anybody, when any president was on the ropes, uh, the domestic politics back home usually uh, they they came together to support the president. Well, they're going to they support. They, they're uh, going to support him. It's going to look like it's going to. They're going to make it look like they're supporting the president. So you'd be crazy in the Republican Party right now not to not to even uh, to, to look like you're not going to support this president again. It looks as though you're going to be taking over some house seats in November. So why should I do anything to make it look like you know I'm I'm either fanning the flames one way or the other? How do you take over uh, the House and the Senate uh, elections coming up in the fall? All projections are that the Republicans are going to do very well. 
the recent caveat that's been thrown in there is uh, they tend to they're going to be doing very well unless Donald Trump gets too involved and and makes it about him and not some of the past uh, mistakes of the Biden administration. Where do you come down on that, Marty? I think that if Trump uh, continues to uh, uh, emphasize the past, what happened in 2020, 2021, early 2021, it will be bad for the Republicans. I think that Trump and all Republicans need to say today, what we care about is getting Republicans elected and getting Republican principles, getting Republican uh, positions on these various issues uh, uh, installed as what we what what we believe in. It's the strangest thing in the world because you know I'm I am the exact opposite of what Marty just stated. I mean, I want to see Trump to get more involved in the Republican Party politics on a national level. Most people don't understand. We we wouldn't even be talking about Trump today had we been had he not been elected. Uh, four years or six years ago, almost. So, so what I'm saying is, Trump was able to bring out the base of the Republican Party. Marty, there is no other Republican right now in this country, right now, that can bring out the people on an instant like Donald Trump can. If there is, then please let me know. I, I don't, I don't deny that Trump is the, is the guy who can bring out the base. But if he brings out that base by making other pe- people who don't agree with him 100 percent. Uh, unelectable, then he destroys America and he destroys the Republican uh, uh, Party. Most, Marty, there is no, basically, there is no Republican, well, we, I'll, I'll speak for, in general, in terms, we're from Illinois. There is no Republican Party in Illinois. That's true. Okay. Now, on a national level, the Republican Party spokesman, who is that one individual that we can say, that we can gather, galley around, to say, that's the speaker for the Republican Party on a national scale. We don't need somebody like that. Okay, you don't I mean, need, but Trump fact, was that fact, guy. Trump was that man. That one that's man right. brought that's together right. every Republican throughout Listen, all 50 states. I think Name me one Republican that can do that today. We don't need one Republican. Yes, Why? we do. No, we, we don't. We Why? need to go uh, on let, the let, offense. Let, let, we need to go let, on the let, offense. Let's let, let's let Marty respond. And I, I would say that Trump is the reason we don't have a Senate majority right now. He destroyed us in both Senate races in Georgia. Those... Uh, replays of those Senate races in Georgia. It was Trump who who went in, and and by being the, the rambunctious Trump that he is, he he he, he hurt both of our Republican right. candidates in, well, in Georgia. I, I truly differ. It, well, it, it, me personally, why? I, no, why, I, no, why, no, why? Why do you disagree with that? Because I, mean, I think personally, outside of the fact that we can we can agree to disagree on the fact that there's questions whether or not. The votes that were counted in Georgia were actually the votes that were counted in Georgia. Oh, I mean, I don't yeah, deny that. Okay, but so, it's so irrelevant. It's, okay, Anthony, it, it may be Anthony, irrelevant, it's irrelevant now, but the fact of the matter is, we had a man. We have a republic. We didn't. The problem. The problem that I have with most modern Republicans is the fact that they didn't learn from Donald Trump. It was Donald Trump who took it to the people. He took it to the Democrats. He took it to the progressives. He didn't. It didn't make a difference who. He irritated, I and that's him, what we need. We don't need nobody to come in here soft-pedaling what their country needs right now. I give him credit for okay. doing all of those things, okay. Anthony, but what I'm saying is that it is irrelevant okay. what happened in 2020. So, I'm sorry, it's irrelevant. Okay. It's as irrelevant as who, who assassinated John F. Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what difference does it make? What possible good could come of, of finding out 
that that uh, well that, the Americans would know the well, truth. Well, well the, that's the, problem is, the truth. But who cares about okay, that? Okay, the problem is the, pro the problem is a lot of Republicans need to take off these rose-colored glasses and put on the war paint. That is what needs to happen. You are not dealing with a regular Democrat party from the old days. These guys are out for blood, and that's all they understand is pure offense. Anthony, stop being on a defense. I'm not saying you, Marty. I'm saying the Republicans need to get off the defense and go on offense 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that's okay. exactly what Donald Trump did. All right, let's go. Marty, back to you. What, what you're asking for, is, it sounds like good uh, uh, war games policy, but it... it, it destroys our possibility of getting well, suburban women to vote for Trump. I want to go back to, to that. vote for you, because Republicans. You, you're right. The Trump base is solid. But you have to acknowledge that one of the reasons why Donald Trump lost or may have lost in your mind, it wasn't just the whether the vote was legit or not. Right. There was a large number of Republicans, mostly women, mostly suburbanites, who didn't like his personality? They right. didn't. They did not like his in-your-face look. Right. So they voted for the softer, okay. kindler Joe right. Biden. Would now, you, would, no, would you acknowledge that? I'll, I'll, I'll acknowledge how, that. How one you, caveat. How, how, okay, one caveat. Okay, go ahead. How do they feel now that they voted for Joe Biden two years in? Almost. Well, that's that. To me, that's one of the big questions between now and, and November. <laughs> how do they feel is, now? How, because you got exactly they, what you voted do they, for. Do they but, still want their 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 their, their calm uh, Joe Biden or do they want someone to go in and stick their thumb in the in the eye of uh, of Vladimir Putin or anybody else that gets in his way? That, that's the that's that's the big issue and I'm just saying is that normally in election people want to talk about what happened in the future. And what Marty is saying is, you know, a couple of things, you know, if if they if all they want to talk about is uh, the the chicanery uh, and the skullduggery in the election of of of, of 2020. Uh, now you've got the Durham report coming out. That's about 2016. Yes. That's about Hillary Clinton. Yes. That's like ancient news. Mm -hmm. So if if you're going to talk about that, and then you're going to talk, then you're going to talk about 2020. What's the next thing you're going to talk about? Benghazi. Right. I mean, right. how many how many things that happened in the past? Right. And how does that make Joe and Mabel, average citizen living in suburbia, how does it make them feel when they're concerned about uh, the school policy involving their children the, the, and also the other issues, the inflation and everything else, right. and, and also whether they're confident in the foreign policy acumen of the president? Because it is, although it's in the past, it's relatively short past, mm -hmm. whether, you know, how badly he screwed up or embarrass the United States in Afghanistan. That's, that's, I don't know how you, you try to throw all of those issues I'm not, at I'm a not, voter. Bruce, I'm not at, at no point trying to throw every single issue or relive every single issue. What I am trying to say is this. What galvanized the party to where we got behind one man, Donald Trump, to vote him into office. He was and, a great spokesman. Okay. And, 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 and he and, was running against okay. Hillary Clinton. Okay. And then and let's and remember then that. All throughout those four years, we're talking about a man that was able to galvanize Americans across this country and across party lines in some instances. And so that's what I'm saying. The Republican Party can't do that. They can't recreate what Donald Trump did four years, just four years ago. They don't have to. They okay. only have to win. That means they don't have a ground game. When no, we come no, back, there is no ground game. When, when we come back, when we come back, we're going to continue this discussion. And one thing I mentioned, over uh, there's 118 people uh, 
who Donald Trump has endorsed thus far. A lot of people who worked for Trump are now out running for office themselves. We will meet one of them at the state legislative level in just a moment when we continue on Beyond the Beltway. I'm Bruce Dumont. One forty-five over ninety-two. One eighty over one eleven. One hundred and eighty-two over a hundred, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself. I didn't. Now I do. Uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Joining our discussion about the future of the Republican Party is Maisie Boyd. Maisie Boyd is a candidate for Missouri State Legislature. She joins us from uh, the great state of Missouri, and uh, once upon a time, she did some work at the White House and also in advance and, and campaign-related things for uh, uh, President Trump. And uh, uh, she is one of many 
uh, Trump supporters who has, uh, uh, I don't know whether you've received the official endorsement or not, but uh, you're certainly expecting it in your race. And and I wanted to get your thought was, uh, what was it about what Donald Trump said or did that prompted you to say, you know what, I want to run for political office because a lot of Trumpsters have decided to do that this year. What prompted you? Yeah, so I don't know if it was anything that the president said. I mean, the reason I voted for him in 2016 was because he was much different than any other Republican that was running. He was actually kind of connecting with the lower middle class. And growing up in rural Missouri, I felt like he finally heard our voices. And, you know, in 2020, I started to kind of look at our state legislator and kind of see what was going on. And then in 2021, after I was still in D.C., I had an open seat um and my area and i decided to run because i wanted to be able to give representation to my family and be able to have a rule voice um in jefferson city do you do you think that there's any other candidate out there that could connect with that voting block you just referenced other than donald trump if they were saying the exact same words could they also connect um, no, because no other person has connected before uh, Donald Trump. He is the reason that we are all here. He's the reason that the party is the way it is. So, no, I don't think so. I want to ask Anthony Anderson, who joins us here in Chicago. Anthony, what's your answer to that question? If there was if there was somebody out there who had the, the same songbook, the same script that Donald Trump had and, and, and wanted to address the, the, the lower uh, middle income folks that, that uh, uh, Maisie just referenced, uh, could it work? It could possibly work, but the the fact of the matter is there isn't not another Donald Trump, even in the wings waiting in the Republican Party, that's going to address the concerns and the issues of rural America or, or uh, Americans in these big cities. Donald Trump brought the fight to where it needed to be, right to the Democrat Party. And there's no other Republican out there that will do that or has done that to date. I, I agree with you that, that Donald Trump deserves immense Credit for the for what he brought for the fact that he brought America to the the election of 20, 2020. and but w- what you don't need a Donald Trump to be doing to be making statements that apply in Washington and Missouri and everywhere else. You need Maisie Boyd's. You need hundred five hundred Maisie Boyd's out there saying their own uh, saying their own piece or, or, or expressing their own opinion, and you you don't want a guy who who Picks people off uh, in many ways. This is, uh, but this is politics, Marty. You and I both know that. I want to ask. I want to ask Maisie's response to that. Do you think that's uh, that's right? Do you agree with Marty? Yeah, I don't agree. With that. I don't agree with that um, at all because the reason that I have the views that I have is because of Donald Trump. And like, let us not forget that Donald Trump is the reason Republicans have learned how to fight now. Now they are strong on immigration. They are smart on trade, and now they are non-interventionist in foreign policy. So the reason I have these beliefs are because of President Trump. And I know a lot of people that are running have the same thing. So I, I don't want a ton of me. I would rather have you know a bunch of Donald Trumps, because if we did, we wouldn't be in the mess that we're in. Because Republicans, for the last 20 years, have just left us in the dust, and they haven't thought about us. And Donald Trump is the reason that now that we're getting back to where we need to be. Do you think Donald Trump... Um, is doing the right thing by going after early on some people who he perceives to be as a competitor 
in 2024, like Ron DeSantis of Florida. I mean, these guys were once two peas in a pod, and in recent weeks, uh, uh, they're sniping at each other because uh, uh, Trump might feel that Ron DeSantis has maybe the ability to do some of the things that he did and said. Do you agree with that, or is that possible? Well, I haven't um, heard like any accurate statements. I don't know if that's just gossip, but Ron mm-hmm. DeSantis was a politician, you know, not long ago. Mm-hmm. He was in Congress and he didn't have the leadership that President Trump had. So the reason that Ron DeSantis is a leader is because he's been following Trump. He's smart. He knows that Trump is the leader and he is just following right after him. Last week or a couple of weeks ago, uh, Vice President, former Vice President, uh, had had to say when when asked, he said that Donald Trump was wrong, um, and th- this was the, this was Mike Pence. No one had ever used those words. Donald, President Trump was wrong. How did you feel when you heard the vice president say that, Mazzy? Macy? Um, you know, um, I'm not a huge fan of Mike Pence, um, and I think I can say for the majority of the Republican Party that still um, loves President Trump that we don't really care what Mike Pence has to say. Uh, was he not a loyal vice president? Um, not at the end. No, he was not. So you believe that he had the ability, even though others have suggested he did not, you believe that he had the ability to overturn the election uh, with a decision when he was sitting in the chair of the Capitol? You, you, you believe that? Yeah, I do. Do you believe it was right for members of that group that went to the Capitol that day to suggest that he be hung? Um, what, are, what are we getting at? Are you getting at the, the January 6th or what I, members are you talking about? Uh, well, Sorry. I, I wasn't going to name it by name, but certainly in the, in this, in the narrative of January 6th, uh, there were those that were chanting, hang Mike Pence. And there were those that wanted to do him harm. My question to you is, yeah, based any, on everything any, you know, was that, comments like was that, that is unacceptable. Um, okay. You know, whoever made those comments, um, yeah, of course, like those are disgusting and that's a terrible rhetoric. Any type of hate speech towards anyone is never right. But, but, but the reason that they felt that way was they felt that the vice president had powers that the vice president and his legal advisors did not have. So is that not, is that just a, isn't that just a difference of opinion? Uh, maybe one a little more based on uh, uh, tradition and, and legal scholarship than the other? I think people have every right to be disappointed. But like I said, you know, uh, hateful rhetoric of wanting to kill someone is never okay. Working with Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, we got hateful and killful um, rhetoric all the time. Every time that we went out, um, we were threatened to be shot and killed. So, I mean, anytime that is said, it's never okay, um, Republican or Democrat. But it's okay to be upset with Mike Pence. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you mentioned Marjorie Taylor Greene. You've worked in her office in the past, uh, prior to your your running yeah. for office. Now, my my question is: uh, Do you understand why everybody gets upset with her? The national news media, and well, we understand why Democrats would get upset. But why has she become such a uh, lightning rod for uh, opposition and reaction by uh, many people, including Republicans? 
You know, I think Marjorie Taylor Greene understands the base more than most. And I think it's because that she knows um, she's doing the right thing. It's the same with Donald Trump. Marjorie Taylor Greene is probably one of the only people that has been able to withstand the Democrat liberal globalist machine that comes at them at all lengths. And it happened to Donald Trump as well. Marty Gertie, where do you come down on, on Marjorie Taylor Greene? And, and insofar as the ability of people in public office, be they conservatives, to say things that really outrage the media and outrage the Democrats, and, and, and they, pay a, they pay a heavy price for it. Well, I think when you say it outrages the media and it outrages the Democrats, that's a tautology, <laughs> because they are the same. I think that Marjorie Taylor Greene is a great lady, and I think that she, what she has done, and, and, and not, what's been done to her, represents an example of what needs to be done to Democrats when the Republicans take over, and that is... If you find a reason, however, however tenuous, if you find a reason to, to take people off of a committee, take them off. You know, what they did to Marjorie Taylor Greene is, is an outrage against, against the electorate that, that uh, sent her to Washington, D.C. And, and the Democrats, you know, just as the Democrats learned about the, uh, the filibuster when, when, when Trump uh, uh, got three uh, uh, candidates for the Supreme Court, just, just as they learned about what they do, uh, coming back and biting them in the butt is going to happen to it should happen to the Dem to the Democrats when the Republicans take over. Anthony, uh, outspoken members of the Republican Party like Marjorie Taylor Greene, should she be encouraged uh, and 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 buoyed up by the the assault of the media, or uh, uh, should they be looking for someone that's a little quieter and and calmer? No, absolutely. Marjorie Taylor Greene is the the person that the Republican Party needs. It's that type of politician that will take it to the opposition. You have to look at the Democrats as opposition. We can all sit at the table and try to disagree on certain issues, but everybody in this room knows that nine times out of ten, the, the Democrats are not going to agree with you on any issue, and it's, when they do agree with you, it's going to be on pure lip service. So when you have politicians like uh, like MTG that come across and she holds no punches, that is why the media hates this woman, because she speaks the truth or reality as she sees it from her district in Georgia, and she speaks what a lot of Americans are, are thinking on a national scale. And so, again, she's coming out of the mold of a Donald Trump. We need more people in Congress, both the House and the Senate on the Republican side, that act like Marjorie Taylor Greene as opposed to or Mitt Romney or, or, or Lindsey Graham. Or speak out. Or speak out. And the same on the left side as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm all about robust uh, discussions. Okay. When we come back, we'll hear from Marty. We'll hear from Maisie uh, Boyd. And I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away. More Beyond the Beltway coming up live from AM560, The Answer, WYND in Chicago. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. We all have the ability to touch the lives of those around us. 
To someone going through a difficult time, a text, a call, or a visit can mean so much. Reach out to the veterans in your life today. Let them know they're not alone. One simple act can make all the difference. That's the power of one. If you're a veteran in crisis or no one who is, visit VeteransCrisisLine.net for free 24-7 confidential support. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest. And then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont, we continue with uh, Maisie Boyd. She joins us from Missouri. In studio with me is Anthony Anderson, a Republican. Marty Garrity is a Republican, and we've got all Republicans on our broadcast this evening. And... uh, We've had we've had quite a bite, quite a fight for yeah. Republicans, which is exactly what happens in primary season. And I would expect uh, uh, that what you're hearing tonight is uh, going on in in precincts and polling places and uh, back uh, back bars uh, all over the United States. And you're going to hear a lot about that uh, this evening, uh, and also you'll hear it throughout the year on the Beyond uh, the Beltway. Uh, Maisie, let me ask one last question. You mentioned that you're running for the the values of your family, not only personal family, but also your collective legislative family in the in the district. And where is your district located? Is it central Missouri? So it's northwest, north central Missouri. Okay. So we're in like the left hand kind of corner. What's the biggest city in your congressional district? So since it's very rural, um, some of them are very similar. So probably one of the biggest, um, I guess, towns would probably be uh, Trenton, Missouri and Bethany, Missouri. Okay. Now, when we talk about uh, what, what what guides you, 
Uh, one of the other issues that is least associated with Marjorie Taylor Greene, and I, and I don't want to suggest that everything that she's involved in, you're involved in, but one of the other issues about what's going on in the body politic that maybe the national news media has either not understood, doesn't accept, or vehemently opposes is anyone who has any sort of a conspiratorial bent and maybe supporters of uh, Aonon. So my question to you is, uh, wh what are your thoughts, if any, do you have on uh, on QAnon? I said Aonon, I mean QAnon. Um, I think QAnon is a joke, um, and I think it's very destructive, and I think it just takes people off course from the main focus, um, and that's just the America First policy. Marty, what do you think? I, I agree with you completely, Maisie. I think that if, if I'm Maisie Boyd, I want to be out running, and I want people to think of me as, here's what, here's what I believe in, here, here's my position on, on trade or on crime or on COVID, and I don't think you, you want to have... You, you want to have people saying, well, QAnon says this, so therefore Maisie must be saying this. You, Maisie, you deserve to be your own spokesperson and your own position uh, setter, and, and God bless you for that, and, and good luck to you in this, in this race. But I just hope that the, the existence of people who are more radical than you uh, and, and their ability to get press won't hurt your case, won't make people think that in, you're associated with them. In, in, in other, in other areas around where you are running, uh, this you're sort of the you're sort of the voice of Missouri right now on our program. Uh, we've talked about the the dominance of of Donald Trump uh, at the presidential level and and helping build the support for a successful 2020 at the congressional level and also uh, going down to the state legislative level where you are. Um, who, is there any other name that's out there that? Republicans are talking about if Donald Trump should decide not to run. Uh, do you hear any other names? In the state of Missouri? Yeah. I mean, just literally in your neck of the woods. I mean, uh, you know, I would assume that, that there's a large support of, of, for Donald Trump there. But one of the questions that I have as a, someone that hosts a, you know, a national radio show every Sunday night is, uh, where are the pockets of support for other people. I mean, clearly, uh, it's easy to get people to come on to talk about Donald Trump. It's, it's more difficult for people to come on and be face-to-face -face with me to talk about, uh, uh, you know, Nikki Haley or, uh, or Mike Pompeo or Ted Cruz or Ron DeSantis. You just don't have people out there that are sort of, I don't want to say stirring up the ground, but at least you know, mentioning the fact that there are other people out there that are competing. It seems like Donald Trump has a, that he's got a lock, he's got a monopoly on the discussion of the party. And I'm wondering how you feel about it. Is that good for the party? Well, Bruce, to be totally honest with you, if you would take a trip through where I live, you're going to still see, um, don't blame me, I voted for Trump signs. You're going to see Trump 2024 signs. Um, you're probably going to see some hateful signs towards Biden. Mm -hmm. Nobody's really talking about any other candidates because in Missouri, we love Trump. Um, I don't know if you saw the Let's Go Brandon. Um, it was actually carved out by a farmer um, in yep. the middle of Missouri, in the middle of a um, cornfield when Biden was actually coming to uh, Missouri. So 
people still love Trump. And I haven't really heard a lot about any other candidates. We mm -hmm. love Trump and that's who we want in 2024. Has he endorsed you or will he endorse you? Um, I'm not too for sure. I'm in a very red area. And so I think the president is just primarily focusing on making sure that we take back the House and we take back the Senate. And that's also my uh, main objective as well. And I want to see that happen. So. Have you been to Mar-a-Lago? Mar I actually have never been. Neither have I. Anthony, have you been to Mar-a-Lago? <laughs> no, not me. Marty? Nope. Hey, Maisie, are you running against an incumbent, or is, your, is it an open primary? So with redistricting, it kind of messed it all up. So I don't know if you really can say um, that I'm running against an incumbent, but um, I definitely do have another person in the race. Okay. And is that person a member of the Missouri House of Representatives? Yes. Oh. Okay. Well, we will... Uh, Touch base on that on a future broadcast, but uh, uh, I thank you very much. Uh, that's uh, Maisie Boyd, and she is running for the State House of Representatives in Missouri, Jefferson City, Missouri, and uh, she joins us tonight representing one of many uh, strong Trump supporters who's decided that uh, she's going to get in the game, get off the sidelines, and that's something that uh, has been recommended by President Trump and, and actually recommended by a lot of people these days is to get out there and if it, if you think you can do a better job, get out there and try to do it. So uh, thank you very much for joining us on uh, this portion of our program. Marty Garrity will continue with us in hour number two and Anthony Anderson will continue our discussion about the future of the Republican Party. We're going to hear from Hank Shankoff. He's going to join us from New York. He is one of the country's leading and, uh, I guess, you know, uh, establishment uh, political operatives. So we're going to hear from him when we come back from Chicago. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks for joining us tonight on Beyond the Beltway. It's a bully. But we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. I mean, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. 
Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and Ad Council. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Bruce Dumont back. Thanks very much for joining us in hour number two of Beyond the Beltway. And uh, uh, tonight in this hour, we welcome uh, one of the country's uh, leading and most uh, quotable uh, a political strategist. He's worked for Republicans and Democrats, Hank Scheinkoff, and he's also been a guest on this program before, and he joins us from New York. Hank, nice to have you with us on Beyond the Beltway. Happy to see you, Bruce. I'm always going well. Good. I'd like to begin with something that you have said about successful politicians, and you've said this, you've right. gone through a litany of presidential uh, candidates that you've worked for or admired, and you've said a, a successful politician is someone that can communicate that things to the audience and to the the public that things are going to be better they're going to be okay and i'm wondering thus far with uh, you know a year under his belt as president and certainly the numerous speeches that he's made in the last month over the uh, the russian ukraine situation i'm wondering what grade you would give joe biden for sort of uh, communicating that uh, things are going to be okay in the wake of COVID, in the wake of what's going on uh, in Ukraine, and and also what's been going on in the crime in the streets and, and inflation. Is he is he calming people? Is he making it better? Things going to be okay? Frankly, and the, the the problem the problem often is that uh, try as they might, and as good as their rhetoric is, and as good as their sense of the emotions of the people at the time are. Some people just have bad circumstances around them. Joe Biden is, uh, he's got bad karma, bad circumstances, having little to do with him. Mm -hmm. In fact, he's dealt well with the COVID crisis. In fact, he's done well with the, uh, with moving the country forward uh, economically. We have a higher gross domestic product than we've had in quite some time. We're the Chinese and everybody else. Mm -hmm. He just doesn't feel that way. And every time he seems to get control of things or things get under control, there's a disaster of some kind that follows. Mm-hmm. It's um, very difficult for him. So it's mm-hmm. hard. The rhetoric can't match the moment because he can't control the moment. Was was Bill Clinton the best at that of those in recent years? Bill Clinton was entirely believable at the moment that anything was going on. In other words, he his 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 capacity to feel empathetic 
um, and entirely believable was was extraordinary. And the, and the thing mm-hmm. that, that also was extraordinary is to get there's some luck involved here. The mm-hmm. circumstances that he was able that he was going through were controllable uh, until the Lewinsky scandal, obviously, but mm-hmm. not uh, Biden. Can't, you can't control the virus. It's we, almost impossible to do. And you can't control Vladimir Putin, no matter what you try to do. In every presidential election, certainly in my life and probably historically, when when someone runs for office and they, they lose the race, especially if they were president and then they lose the presidency, uh, they kind of lick their wounds and they go away and, and you don't hear anything from them again. A recent exception to that would be Richard Nixon. Uh, before his big comeback mm-hmm. in 1968. But uh, have you ever experienced anything like what we're experiencing with Donald Trump, that someone was a one-term president uh, and and was able to communicate to his uh, followers on election night and long after that, uh, that he has said something and done things that keep them loyal to him unlike it, unlike any candidate ever before? There has been nothing like this uh, in American history from a former president that we can think of, certainly, and not in our lifetimes. Richard Nixon ran for governor after he lost the presidency by a hair mm-hmm. in 1960, ran for governor in 1962 in California, lost, was defeated, and um, it seemed clear that he would forever be gone from politics, but he mm-hmm. uh, came back to life. Different question. Uh, he also took advantage of a, of a significant moment in a, in a breach in the the normal process of government, uh, we had we had riots, we had insurrection, we had uh, um, terrible conditions of the country at the time. We had the war in Vietnam, um, unresolvable and unloved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had a, a convention and we had, a cha- frankly, a transition how government of our cities was going to occur. And uh, everything happened at the same time. And Nixon was able to take advantage of it. Donald Trump is taking advantage of his being Donald Trump. He has created an almost cult-like environment for himself within the Republican Party responding to conditions that may or may not exist at a time when America is going through a racial composition transition, when its position in the world is uh, is subject to question, and um, when there's a generation of people who feel that they've, uh, I'm not talking about blacks, I'm talking about white Mm -hmm. middle-income kids coming from Mm middle-income families who feel that their futures are, frankly, uh, not uh, guaranteed. So he he was able to take advantage of that at that moment, Mm -hmm. which is unique for any political person to be able to walk in then he's really good at because he doesn't come out of politics how, it's a how, very different feel how has he been able to use the various uh, issues out there whether it be covid crime on the streets inflation uh afghanistan uh the current situation uh how has he been able to to sort of roll with the punches on the issues that uh, he has no control over because he comes not from politics, is the ultimate outsider. He has no control over them. And his outsiderness, frankly, allows him to identify with the rest of the nation that he's tapped into that feels like him to be outsiders of the process, that has limited relationship to the people in power. We've, we've, uh, he is the alternative to uh, what has really become the, um, the, the, permanent political, the permanent political, let's call it the, per- the, uh, the, pl- the permanent political industrial complex Mm-hmm. that seems to be running our governments, both at the state and national level, and is in many ways out of touch. And therefore, the people who feel that that's the case, and there are many of them, have found Trump as the recipient for their great anger, and uh, Trumpites in, in Congress as uh, the people who can carry that message forward. 
and the only ones they trust to do so. Anthony Anderson joins us. He is a longtime Republican, and he has a question for you. Go ahead, Anthony. Well, what the one thing that sure. he spoke about is the fact that, you know, uh, Donald Trump has this almost occult-like following. And, and I wouldn't say that it was more of an occult following. I would say it was more of a person who, again, identifies with the average person. And, and to my knowledge, there's no other president modern-day history that has identified with the American people like a Donald Trump. And so most people who support Donald Trump as president, who supported him as president or candidate, don't look at themselves as followers or members of an occult. They look at themselves as uh, members of an individual uh, who, who they see uh, has, has spoken their language in terms of, you know, the, the what you call outsiderness. And okay. so that's what we look at when we see Donald Trump. He's not part of that process in Washington, D.C. Hank, I've got to ask for a 30-second answer on this. We'll give you more time later, but uh, you can tackle it now. Sure. I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think that's an accurate description, depiction of the moment. Outsiderness because people feel that they need, they've got nobody to turn to, and that's where this is going. Okay. When we come back, we'll also hear from Marty Garrity. He is also another longtime Republican uh, who joins us tonight. We're talking about, or uh, we will continue our discussion about the future of the Republican Party and not only uh, what happens to Trump, but uh, how, how basically Donald Trump is likely to look at the midterms. We've talked about a number of Trump supporters. He has supported running uh, for various offices all around the United States. I think he's going to look at the, when November is come and gone, he's going to look at that list of people he endorsed, find out who where he was naughty and where he was nice and where the success was, and then I think he, he makes his decision officially if he hasn't already done so. I'm Bruce Dumont, back with Beyond the Beltway shortly. Don't go away. 1-800-723-8289 from coast to coast and border to border on beyondthebeltway.com. Forty-five over ninety-two. One eighty over one eleven. One hundred and eighty-two over a hundred. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself. I didn't. Now I do. Uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. 
After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces. Just by giving her a bear hug, she masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont continues on the eve of President's Day. Uh, most of you will have the day off tomorrow, so you can go out and spend the day celebrating your favorite president or go to Wikipedia and look up their Wikipedia entry and read it. Millard Fillmore. You can you could be an expert on Millard Fillmore by tomorrow night. My question to you, uh, Hank, is uh, we have a, across the table a longtime Republican by the name of Marty Garrity. Uh, he worked for the Illinois General Assembly uh, as, a, as a Republican staffer for many years. He has a question for you as well. Marty? Hank, I, I, I have to take issue with your argument that Biden has handled the virus very well. You had this incredible... Uh, useless thing of called the mask you have the shutdowns you have i i i ordered a test kit a couple of months a couple of weeks ago shortly after the uh, biden said they were going to be available and and i'm still waiting for it and, but in addition to the virus you have problems with inflation and uh, crime and, and covid and, and the southern border this is probably the single most important issue in america today the southern border and and Biden has put Harris in charge of it. You've got school closures. You've got Afghanistan. You've got the uh, 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 climate alarmism. Okay. All, right. I mean, all these things, these are all going wrong, and Biden is, is the president, and he's not doing anything to, to correct them. Hank. Well, I, yeah, I don't want to get into a partisan discussion. I just argue that uh, Joe Biden is not responsible for the deaths of 700,000 Americans that... Uh, well, he said he said office. Trump was responsible um, for two hundred thousand. Hold, hold on, Trump did not take appropriate action. The history is pretty clear. <laughs> Bob Woodward wrote that I didn't. So let's let's get this into some context. Your 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 points are to be well are well are to be well taken in the following way: inflation follows full employment. We have it. That's a fact of life. The economic picture for Americans is a lot better than it was. Inflation is a problem. It's going to be. Um, not as anywhere as significant as when Bill Bill Clinton uh, tamed it, or when Jimmy Carter uh, Jimmy Carter lost the battle on inflation. So, everything in historical context, I think that he got handed a bad deal, and he's doing the best he can. And he's not winning the argument because 
every time he gets a chance, he gets a break. Something worse happens, or something that people perceive as worse. But the truth is, the number of deaths are down. The number of people hospitalized are down. The people who refuse to be vaccinated has declined somewhat. Those who aren't getting vaccinated are dying at a higher level, or they're transmitting the disease. Or the, excuse me, they're recipients of the disease being transmitted to them by others who carry it like children. I mean, it's just the way it is. Now we'll overcome this because we're a great nation. The problem is the scars that we're experiencing from all these events have greater intensity and greater long-term problems than we might have expected in the past. How does that's the difference? And that's what Trump is very successful at. How does uh, President Biden uh, stop his slide in the polls? Can he turn things around uh, between now and November so he isn't an albatross around I, I the see a 30, of Democrats? I, I, see a 30, I see a 30 to 35 seat pickup for the Republicans across the country. Mm-hmm. I don't see how he gets out of the problem. A normative loss of seats for the party in power would be uh, not insignificant. Uh, things are very, very tough. And um, he, can't, he can't catch a break. The management problems are intense, as as uh, as uh, already noted, and as well, and to be to be uh, and, and, and out of respect and courtesy, they might say he's right. Um, it's just I don't see how he gets out of this at all. Well, the Russian problem is uh, is is a reflection of 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 great of a deep transition in America's standing in the world, and Biden is the last of his generation to occupy that office, likely, um, and he's he's going through a generational transition as this country is. The question is what's left. That's a different issue. Uh, Anthony, got a question. I have a question for you, Hank. With with your ad- admonition that sure. that the Republicans are, are going to pick up 30 to 35 seats here in November, do you think we'll have a moment like we did in 1994 with uh, Newt Gingrich being a speaker uh, and, and Bill Clinton uh, being a president to where we, we, we've had some success, some success, albeit, you know, uh, a little, but we've had some success, contract with America and all those things. Do you think we'll see some of that come November this year? The country is going through um, such an extraordinary transition, series of transitions in so many ways. Demographically, um, regionally, the economy is shifting. There are parts of the country that are in work, and in some ways they feel the same way they felt going into the early part of the 20th century. Talk about the deep, I'm talking about the South. Um, it's economically alienated and it's politically alienated. The demographic shift, uh, the country is uh, less, much less the country can can um, can define its roots as being European, um, and that's significant. The complexion is changing, and Biden is the guy caught at this moment. It's going to be a long time, it seems to me, before we go through this transition. It doesn't matter who the president is to some extent. Um, if it if it is a very harsh experience, as was the experience with uh, with Newt Gingrich. And Bill Clinton will have things like the crime bill or or which has good had good and bad news or the welfare reform bill, which had good and bad news. Um, but it'll be it's going to be very difficult, I think, for the country. And, this, and the and the the other variable putting on my professor hat, which I'm entitled to, has that's important to note is to just changing nature of the civic culture. We don't have one much anymore. The very things that gave the country its basis of, uh, of uh, civility. In that culture, where the church, where religion, the church, um, we we used to be the most religious nation in the world. We're not any longer. De- De- Tocqueville noted that in what 1835. It was the real. It was the it was the truth for a long period of time. Our civic institutions have declined. Our fraternal institutions are dying. Um, there has to be something that reboots this in some way that brings back what was American culture, and it it can't happen in a very polarized political environment. Is the media 
uh, would you put the media in that list of institutions that have so changed that uh, you don't even recognize the role that they had historically? And 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 where would you put them as uh, as a savior of the future of the republic? Are they making um, things I, better or worse? My experience, my experience, you know, having worked all over the country and all over the world and witnessing uh, witnessing democracies. Uh, ability to uplift people and witnessing its decline in some places tells me that the role of of an unfettered free media is critical um the the, the excessive corporatization of, of of media the decline of local newspapers the decline of uh, more sources of of uh, of uh let's see the validity of certain institutions that provide say they provide news the uh you know in, in clear language we used to be a country that would unite itself at whatever time it was between six and seven in the evening when Chet Huntley and David Brinkley would go on or Walter Cronkite or even, uh, you know, going into the, into the latter part of our own national experience. It would be, uh, let's see, who was it? Uh, whoever was, was this, the anchors. These anchors were, mm -hmm. the, were the people that people rallied around. Mm -hmm. They got their news from um, and they got their sense of trust. And that was part of what the networks were selling. And we're not selling that anymore. We're selling something else. Did they violate? Did they? One of the, did yeah. they violate the trust, though? Did they? Did they? I think they do. I, I, I think they did do, and I, I, I think that the opportunities for to to gain it back is is, is very difficult. I, I think that the problem for them will, will also be that that they've in, embraced the cancel culture. That anybody who disagrees with uh, Lester Holt or uh, or uh, uh, Margaret Brennan. Doesn't doesn't even get to be on the air. Gets it gets shut up. Gets cut off of uh, Facebook. The cancel culture is destroying America. And uh, it used to be that there no, that only the federal government could have been strong enough to to cancel people, and it was prevented from doing that by the First Amendment. Now the First Amendment uh, no longer protects people from getting shut shut down mm -hmm. and truly shut down. They simply cannot be heard. I think that's entirely true. I mean, I'd love to one day find somebody to do some research on it, but my instincts tell me, Mr. Yardy, that you are entirely accurate. Um, I look at the uh, the people that are talking, that are some of the talking heads on some of the political programs. They they really have to be stopped because the things they say are just idiotic. They're not based on fact nor research. Um, and it is a lot about the cancel culture. We are more concerned about uh, offending people than we are with telling the truth. And that's not a good thing. Well said. And uh, how do you break that cycle? I mean, clearly, uh, news has been divided uh, so that you can go to Fox if you want one opinion. You can go to CNN if you want a different opinion or MSNBC. Is, is, there, is there any likelihood that we will have a, a source where both sides can go and feel that they're comfortable? You know, maybe because I, I came of age and came into the politics business at a time when uh, when I remembered clearly, because I'm, I'm you know, unfortunately I'm on the getting close, you know, the the the, the uh, hourglasses kind of get moving a little, the sand's moving pretty quickly. But I, <laughs> I I remember, you know, when when reading the history of the period, Lyndon Johnson, why he left, why he decided not to run in 1968, had a good deal to do with his memory serves me, with uh, among many things, but had a good deal. One of the factors was important was Walter Cronkite going to Vietnam, and saying, look. Um, this is not going to work out well for America. Yeah. And when Johnson was reported to have said at the time, well, if I've lost Cronkite, I've lost America. Now, if you lose Lester Holt, you lose America. 
If you lose David Muir, mm -hmm. do you lose America? If you lose Donald O'Donnell, do you lose America? Mm -hmm. If you lose uh, Rachel Maddow, do you lose America? If you lo lose uh, any of the others, what we have created is personality as opposed to news and, and great contradiction of what we had, which was personality with news. Mm -hmm. We expected those who delivered the news to be people who would be trusted. And, you know, what, one, of the, one of the networks would call itself, what, the most trusted name in news? CNN, that's their yeah. logo. Yeah, that's their logo, but I don't think anybody it's believes it. a laughable it. logo. Is that, I mean, really? No. That, well, that, that, really, that, I mean, I, I was a CNN promo. as a paid contributor yeah. when one night I came to work um, and we all got fired because Lou Dobbs got fired. Uh, before he really went off the edge, and he's entitled to it. I respect him for <laughs> doing whatever it is he does. But, um, you know, he, he, he got fired for criticizing Barack Obama, and we were all fired, the whole team of us who worked yeah. three to four nights a week. Which well, which network was that now? CNN. Was that on CNN? CNN. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, we got a break. 1-800-723-8020. We've got some callers on the line. They want to get into the conversation with Hank Scheinkoff and Anthony Anderson and Marty Garrity and yours truly, Bruce Dumont, coming to you live from AM560, The Answer, in uh, beautiful Elk Grove Village, Illinois, where it's a crisp 48 degrees. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest. And then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. 
My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back. We continue. And uh, Hank and Anthony and Marty, we've got people that are out there listening, and they've got some questions for us. Let's go to line two. Doug is listening to us way up in northern Michigan. Go ahead, Doug. Are you there? Doug, are you there? Yes, I am. Do you hear me? Yes, we can. Go ahead. Okay, sorry. Uh, Long-time Republican, very conservative. Uh, find a state where I think the Republican Party's going. Uh-huh. Uh, first of all, I, I was never a true lover of Trump. Uh, braggadocious, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he was also something I think that I was looking for, for and that was to drain the swamp. I, I believe both sides that sit there in Congress for 10, 12, 20 years really don't have the interest of, of the American public going on. I, I think they're entrenched in what they're doing. I think they think they're doing something, but mm-hmm. they don't. And Trump, to me, was an outsider. And, yes, he spoke too much. And I've asked many people, and I, I said, do you think Trump would still be in office today if he would just kind of calm it down a little? You know, not everything's so dramatic. And I think they all agreed to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I think... Where the Republican Party is headed is, I, I, I hope Trump can tone it down, because I really think now is the time with inflation and the way the world's going that we, we need to get the Republicans back in. I don't think people were more, they were not happy with Trump more than they loved Biden. I think Biden is just a way for the Democrats to get the foot in the door, and then one, if they can keep it going, to keep the progressive left going and going further left and further left and further left. All right, Doug, I want to let uh, Marty Garrity tackle this first, then we'll get everybody an opportunity. But we should mention that, Marty, because you're a longtime listener and you've been a guest on this program for over 20 years, mm-hmm. you you were not, Donald Trump was not your, your favorite. At the beginning of the primary when there's 16 people, he, he was, was my 16th choice. He Okay, there you go. Yeah. Okay, yeah, but, but then he won. And then when he became president, you became a huge fan. But now, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm going to, you don't want him to be nominated again. Uh, that I, Well, first of all, what he did in his four years was terrific for the country. Every, every, I, there's, I can't think of a single policy position he took that I disagree with. But, but now I, I think that he has uh, uh, infuriated enough people unnecessarily, unnecessarily, that those people would would vote for a, a, a less uh, vociferous Republican, shall I say, but they won't vote for him, and, and if he keeps uh, interfering in other elections, too, he's going to hurt Republican candidates. He, he could be the disaster for the Republicans. And today, on, on ABC Today, 
Frank Luntz said, the one thing that can keep uh, the Republicans from winning both the House and the Senate is Donald Trump. Anthony, your response to the same question. Well, and speak speak to Doug. I mean, well, Doug likes the policy, but he just thinks that uh, Trump is uh, too argumentative and a pain well, in the butt. Uh, again, you know, a lot of people, <clears throat> you know, you have to understand uh, the people that you are dealing with. Democrats show no mercy to Republicans. They mm-hmm. give absolutely no quarter to any Republican. And so when you're dealing with opposition like that, they look at us as opposition. And that is how you should view the Democrat Party. I do. Now, and, and with that being said, you know, again, I, I, I would tell most people to take off the rose-colored glasses because you're in a fight. You're mm-hmm. in a fight to control the destiny of the most powerful country on the face of the planet. And right. that takes gumption. Now, you, you can say what you want to say <clears> about <throat> most politicians, but there has been no politician outside of Donald Trump that brings the fire to the populace the way Donald Trump but, has. But, but, let me do, let well, me do a but. he's not a politician. I, I, I no, but he is a politician, by the way, but go ahead. Well, my, my uh, but would be that it, it, isn't, it isn't just uh, Doug, and it isn't just Marty. I think when you look at the analysis, it's women. It's suburban women. Okay, right. Suburban women don't, I mean, generally speaking, they don't like tough-talking people barroom brawl talk people. That's who Donald Trump mm-hmm. was. He went out and he got, he, he got expanded his base with blue-collar voters, Hispanic voters, black voters. I mean, because there was an authenticity to him, authenticity. But a lot of suburban Republican women, that's not what they like. Right. They don't want to see that at the country club. They don't want to see it at well, the, see, okay. uh, the soccer match. I want to. I want to get so, Hank's assessment of that, and then I'm going to come so back the to you. Internet oh, is, is, is Adam Kinzinger. Do you, do you? Are you trying to seriously tell me that the Republican Party needs to look at candidates like an Adam Kinzinger? No one no, said no, that. No, no. Okay, no, but that's I the opposite know. end of the spectrum. No, 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 no but no, I'm, no. I'm, I'm talking. I'm, you're, I'm, you're I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking I, I about why people didn't vote. Why some people didn't vote for Donald Trump and I think it's because they are of they're at they're at this cultural level. You put them in this cultural box and that's who they are. Eighty one million I, people vote for Donald Trump. Let's I understand just put that out. And that's there. a lot. Okay. But it's not million. enough. It wasn't, it wasn't enough. enough, but it was eighty one million. Guaranteed votes. Hank, back to you. What do you think of my um, uh, assessment? I don't think Trump I think that Trump has got to stop interfering because I do believe that this continues. He can that Frank Luntz who I you know who I know and like is is that he's <clears> right. Think Donald Trump can be a problem for Republicans. We can't get any kind of agreement on government or on where our politics are going so long as some of that polarizing is in the discussion. Who enjoys polarizing? It's um, is, not there someone, is there yeah, someone? Is there someone? Trump years will be looked at as a period of time where we where we went through a we went through a, a almost a boxing match every day. And you know what? The truth is, Republicans are smarter at doing politics in many ways when they have an opportunity because they fight. What I, I've said this before: they fight a blitzkrieg in the Republic, the Democrats. Like to fight a Zitzkrieg. Somehow they believe that this is a moral argument. Democrats believe, Republicans believe that this is a boxing match and this, there's principles to be argued out and won, and you win. I mean, <laughs> that's the way it is. So um, Trump's a problem for the Republicans. He can actually keep, he can actually cut down the number of seats that, that Republicans will win, and he can cost them the presidency potentially. Coming up, he can. Is there He's any that polarizing a figure? Is there any uh, credit that you would say? that makes uh, Mike Pence a viable political figure, Hank? 
Is there anything about him, the loyalty no. when he was the vice president, uh, his general conservative uh, Christian belief? Is there anything about Mike Pence now? And again, being the only person that said that Donald Trump was wrong, actually came out and said it. Is there anything that goes to him from a political standpoint that uh, makes him a viable candidate uh, to challenge Donald Trump? He will be seen as something of a patriot. He stood up for the country at a, a moment of a great distress. Uh, people are going to be talking about January 6th for the rest of our lives, certainly. Um, he comes from the right part of the country with the right shot at getting the right electoral vote, number of electoral votes. Mm -hmm. He uh, can do well in Pennsylvania, which is which really has a significant number of conservative Christians in it. Um, all he's got to do is explain uh, why the Republicans thought it was okay. To, you know, the, they made it appear that it was okay when police officers were killed. You see, that's a personal thing for me. Mm -hmm. And um, what, if you can where, figure that where, one out, where, you can probably where, where? Do, do very Capital well. Capitol Police. What did they mean that? Capitol Police, January 6th? But but no police officers were yeah, killed January by the... Yeah, January 6th, a small problem. I'm, I'm an ex-cop, as uh, Bruce Dumont knows, so it's something a problem to me. Um, when you know, and I, whatever, whatever sense I had about the Republicans who didn't stop talking afterwards, when those cops died, it was kind of upsetting. Which and cops are you talking about? Remember that. And the blue-collar... Excuse me. There's blue collar, the blue-collar whites that the Republicans need to turn on big numbers to offset the, the Democrats in in uh, in in heavy, in heavy electoral uh, and heavy elect, electoral vote states are going to remember that. Well, which cop, but which case. someone's going to have to take which county for which it. which cops were killed that you're referencing? The ones who died after the fact, the one that was uh, was assaulted with. Uh, and who who who, uh, who, uh, who passed right afterwards? Okay. There was a guy named Sicknick who died others, of a, a stroke two days later. Yeah. yeah. But the only person who died in 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 that whole event Ashley was Ashley Babbitt, and and she was shot by a police officer, a capital police officer, a, a capital police officer. And if if a mm -hmm. if a black woman had been shot by a by a white cop, that 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 cop would be forever. Uh, in, in jail, but but they didn't even charge this guy, and he shot this woman from from uh, from a distance, and well, she was no threat. Uh, but I, no I cop, argue, I, no cop was killed that, in, on uh, January sixth, or or but because of January investigation 6th. that, and it was not. But I would also argue that the cop that died, and police officer committed suicide after the fact, was good as anybody that had PTSD, and. Um, and should be should be memorialized as people gave their lives in line to do. Wrong. I would like to say this about Mike. Pence. I, I agree with you. Talk about it's it's not it's not an uncommon thing, by the way. Well, Bruce, to, to the point of Mike Pence. Trust me, Mike Pence will never ever get the base to agree with him to be president. I agree of the with United him. States. Yeah, absolutely. There is no way. In a time that the president of the United What's States... What's the number of the non-base? What, what is the number of the non-base? The, the people that, that did not like Donald Trump, that didn't vote for him, what is, what, what's that number? What's that magic number? Uh, and uh, how close would that get to uh, 50% or anything, or any percentage at all? I'm just saying is, first of all, I would say that if, that if Mike Pence decided to run, not, I think not. the news media which has hated him since he was governor, they will turn, Mike they Pence. will make, they will get behind the Mike Pence candidacy because he's the only guy who's had the guts or the balls yeah. to say Donald Trump is wrong. Mike no Pence, Republican has ever Mike uttered Pence those words. Mike Pence is going to go the way of Dan Quayle. Trust me, it's, he's not going any other place. 
He is going the way of Dan Quayle. They will love Pence until he's running against the Democrats. Yes. And then, then they'll, they'll hate him. Then yeah. they'll hate him. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, I don't it's even know how much love it'll be. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be it'll, it'll, I don't know how much love it'll be. I, 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 think, I think that's exactly correct. I think what about DeSantis On that point, like we all agree when we come back, we're going to talk about Governor DeSantis. <laughs> I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks for joining us tonight. Don't go away. Today, millions of people all across America are building a life in recovery from addiction and mental illness, helping themselves and helping each other with friends, family and community lending their strength and support. Join the voices for recovery. Together, we are stronger. For 24 hour free and confidential information and treatment referral for mental and substance use disorders for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Hi, I'm Dr. Nia Hurd-Garris with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. As parents, we want our children to grow up healthy and strong. That means helping teens take responsibility for their health as they become young adults. One way to do that is to make sure they have one-on-one time with their pediatrician. That helps them become comfortable talking about any health issue with their doctors and with you. So make sure to give your teen a voice. It's good for their health. For more on teen health, visit HealthyChildren.org. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back on Beyond the Beltway, our last segment this evening. And uh, Hank, I want to talk to you because you mentioned uh, Ron DeSantis right before we uh, went to a break. And uh, uh, 
what do you think of uh, DeSantis as a political operative and a candidate? You got to give the guy, uh, got to give the guy a slap on the back for at least trying. Do I think that somebody coming out of the South would be a reasonable uh, candidate for the Republicans to win with the with the Republicans of the highest probability mm-hmm. of getting some steam? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can DeSantis compete in the North in the uh, in states like Pennsylvania and Ohio? Uh, possibly, in, in primaries. Um, not clear yet. He's not proven outside of Florida. On paper, he has a lot of the, the Trump credential and the anti-Trump credential at the same time. So, which makes him a serious guy. But we're a long ways away. We what really do you make are. of the battle? We, uh, begin what, what, presidential what, campaigns so early now. What do you think of the spat? No be, be, what do you think of the spat between? Uh, you know, Donald Trump has taken a couple of swipes at DeSantis, and supposedly there's a rift there. Do you know anything about that? And, and is that just? Uh, uh, one candidate uh, trying to kick the other ladder off the ladder before the campaign starts. Trump sees himself as the leader of the Republican yeah. Party, and DeSantis has not been doctrinaire in his uh, yeah. following as a leader. Therefore, and and he is a threat to the leader. Therefore, it's not surprising. Question is, that's the test of Trump. The reality today is that DeSantis still stands very well on two feet and got uh-huh. away with a whole bunch of things that other people who weren't serious candidates for president wouldn't have gotten away with right. on and the he, right. And he's like 40... Um, the Nazi business a couple of weeks ago in, he's uh, also in Florida was... Should have, should have, and their response should have tackled anybody. Didn't tackle him. Yeah. It just keeps going. Yeah. Tells me that he's got more strength on the right than people think. Yeah, and he's like 43 years old. He would, there would be a generational uh, pull, which the Democrats uh, don't seem to have. You know, another name that I'm just going to throw out here, uh, because... I watch him on ABC as an analyst uh, on this week's show, and that's Chris Christie. Now, I know all the dead wood that he's got surrounding him, but I'm wondering, he has the personality, he's got the shoot-from-the-hip uh, mentality of a Donald Trump. He was like a Donald Trump, and he's and he's a conservative guy. And I'm wondering whether anybody sees, I know you don't see him... Anthony, I'm wondering whether you would see uh, uh, Chris Christie as as a presidential possibility I see because him. of the personality. I'm, yeah. he's, he's, he's the only one that I can think of that's got that sort of personality. I, I shouldn't say this about my fellow fat guy, but I, I, I'm i afraid people would look at him and think that he's not going to be healthy enough to stay as president. But I, I really like his politics and I like his, his outspokenness. Do you, do you like uh, any any other Republican? Is there any other Republican that's out there? I, I, what about I, I, Christy Nome? I, I like I like Ted Cruz uh, from down in Texas. Texas. Well, he was on yeah. he was on television today. Do you uh, mm-hmm. what What about the other thing? Is you've got uh, Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio was running for re-election again to the Senate, so he probably is uh, has promised not to run again. But it seems to me that his presidential time has come and gone. Would you? Uh, Agree with that, Hank, or has he still got a couple more uh, uh, possibilities to run for president? Well, I think it's come and gone. I think people have gotten a look mm-hmm. at him. And But I want to go back to something you said a moment ago, Bruce, if that's sure. okay, which is a generational issue. Sure. 40s matter. Older is a problem. There's a shift going on. Trump is older. Biden is older. There's a new generation. The question is, the Republican world, who fits that? Go back to Chris Christie for a moment. If crime is the issue, and it seems that it's going to continue to be disorder and crime, then why wouldn't uh, Christie be significant considering that he was a U.S. attorney in New Jersey who, in fact, locked up Democratic politicians or politicians on yeah. corruption charges, made them sick, made them uh, sick, 
The bridge gate issue that he faced will long be forgotten. It is too complicated to understand. And he's rehabilitated himself on both the pro-Trump and anti-Trump sides of the ledger within the Republican Party. He comes from a state which is rich in electoral votes. Um, you know, who knows? And he's a media figure. Uh, Anthony, speak to, again, he's not your guy, but speak to him as a, as a possible backup if Trump doesn't uh, decide to do it or there's a health issue that emerges. In, in the event that uh, Donald Trump is not elected president, in 2024, or is not on the, the ballot to be president yeah. in 2024. Uh, I'll, I'll give any Republican an honest look, but but what the Republican that I'm looking including for, including Chris Christie, including Chris, but the Republican that I'm looking for is the one that's willing to criticize the other side, no matter what. You have to be able to criticize, and I'm not saying criticize just for criticisms' sake, but tell the truth on issues, whether it's right or wrong. And of uh, both sides, of Republicans and or Democrats, that doesn't make me a difference. But when you get a Republican in office that's unwilling to be honest and truthful, uh, that's when we have. That's when I have begin to have the issues with these candidates, and that's the only problem I've had. Have had. Is anyone uh, on this call right now? Is anyone excited about the the possible next Speaker of the House being uh, Kevin McCarthy? Is anybody excited about that? Speak. <laughs> it's hard to be excited about Kevin McCarthy. Democrats ought to be. Huh? Yeah, Democrats are. The Democrats should be very excited about that. Yeah. Well, that that <laughs> that that silence was a was a ringing <laughs> a ringing concern. <laughs> so, but, I, but who else could you could you imagine as in, as the Speaker of the of uh, of the House? Maybe Jim Jordan. I, I like the idea of Jim Jordan as well, Speaker I, of the House because I, I, I think he would he would take the Democrats, especially if he becomes Speaker. He would punish them in the same way that they have punished the Republicans. You know what the problem with Jim Jordan would be? Mm. He would upstage Donald Trump if Trump was the president. The president well, doesn't want anybody that's going to upstage him. I think Jim Jordan could upstage him. Well, he, but he, he would have, have at least two years without Trump being president. You know, he, well, he would become speaker in 2023, and uh, Trump would have well, to deal be, with it. That'd him. be fun to watch. Yeah. What about if they bring back Newt Gingrich? <laughs> no. No, that's a generational thing again. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you got to bring somebody uh, that's uh, young and a, a whippersnapper. Listen, uh, we are uh, almost out of time. Uh, I think we've we basically basically come to the conclusion that Donald Trump is as long as he's alive and well, and we should always remember that it it really is about health, whether you're seventy eight or or less. But again, we thank you very much, Hank Seincroft. Thank you very much, Anthony Anderson and Marty Garrity, who've joined me in studio. Our thanks to uh, the ever-popular uh, uh, <laughs> Mr. Fritz Coleman for his assistance in the production of this program. I'm Bruce Dumont. Good night from AM 560, The Answer. That's WIND in Chicago, Salem Radio for Chicago. And for those listening around the country, thank you very much for being with us. We will see you next Sunday night. Good night, everybody, from Elk Grove Village. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. 
I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. <laughs> can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest. And then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm gonna make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor, check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council.